Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 167 of the Vex on Vex podcast. My name is Vex X. Join with Dave. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. How are you? Morning Radio again. This is the third installment of Morning Radio. Of Morning Radio. And I got to be honest, it did work great last time. I'm not talking shit, but I'm like, and you've been, you're, you're awake. This yeah, is Morning Radio for you. I'm ready to rock and roll. How great. was your evening? Fantastic. This is my Friday, man. This is my Friday afternoon. I'm, I'm great. Well, it's Friday, so that's how that works. Yeah, but I'm done work for the week. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, but you start early. You go on Sunday night. Yeah. I feel like I feel like morning radio, I should have like the, the, the easy listening, like smooth jazz. With, this is morning radio. Did you ever watch WKRP in Cincinnati when you were a kid? Absolutely. What was your favorite aspect of that show? Uh, what's mm. his name? Martin Mull. I don't know what his name. The DJ guy. Well, there's a bunch of DJ. Dr. Johnny Fever. Yeah, one. Johnny Fever. That, that his guy. name's not Martin Mull. It's not Martin. No, it's not Martin Mull. <laughs> Martin, Mull's, Martin Mull's the boss for Mr. Bob. <clears throat> is he a molester? Hold on. What do you think? No, he's not a molester. I don't think he is. I mean, he kind of looks the part, but. He, he looks very similar to the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ed Rudy. And he, I don't know his real name. He, and he is a molester. He's a molester. Yes, he is. And in, I think we discussed In a really this. bad way. In a really bad way. Tell me, tell me. Like, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they raided his house and found, like, a semi-trailer full of kiddie porn on his property. Pretty much. Like, a lot of kiddie porn. In the Devil's Reject? Not Devil's Reject. What's it called? With fucking Keanu Reeves. Uh, Fuck. I don't know what it's called. Give me the plot. <clears throat> I'll help you out. Keanu Reeves is an attorney. Um, uh, Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate. Oh. In that movie, that guy plays an attorney who's discovered to be a child molester. Mm. And while he's playing the part... I don't think that's the same guy. It is the same guy. I don't think I, it is. But it is. Here, I'm, I'm going to flip his, this. His name, the, his name in the, in the film is Eddie Barzoon. I'm gonna, you talk. I'm looking at I don't remember his actual name. But yeah, definitely, definitely a kitty toucher. And if he is in that film as a kitty toucher and then turned out to be one, uh, that's uh, that's rough. It's that's a, that's almost as bad as the dude from that uh that uh what's that show Seventh Heaven. Remember that dude? It's Jeffrey Jones. Okay, and it is definitely the same actor. Okay, Ed Rooney. <laughs> Child pornography. <laughs> Rooney. First Foolish Day Off is a great film. Jeffrey Duncan Jones was born in Buffalo, New York. He is a very tall, fair-haired character actor who is recognized all over for his excellent work. He is a veteran of stage actor. I'm sorry, he is a veteran stage actor, having played such as Elephant Man, blah, blah, blah. Let's see if it brings up anything about the, the, the child molestation. Are you just on Wikipedia? No, I went to IMDb because okay. I knew he was the guy. That probably won't say anything on IMDb. All right, so how are we going to look it up? Jeffrey Jones, right? Uh-huh. I bet Wikipedia has something to say about it. I guarantee. You're like, it's not the same actor. Why would you say that? I felt like it wasn't. He looks like a different guy. I guess he just got older. Those films are like 20 years apart. The villain of beloved 80s romp has a real... Yeah, here it is. Ranker. 2080 got busted. Is it? All right, let's pull up Wikipedia. It's not that I didn't know the facts. It's just that I've been challenged for someone who didn't know the facts saying that I did. So it was like a whole thing. So here we go. Notable work, blah, 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 early life, criminal offenses. In 2002, Jones was arrested for the possession of child pornography and accused by a 17-year-old boy of solicitation to pose for nude photographs. He pleaded no contest to the charge of soliciting a minor, and the accuser was 
I'm sorry, as the accuser was 14 when the offense first occurred. At the same time, the misdemeanor charge of possession of child pornography was dropped. <gasps> his attorney emphasized that there was no allegation of improper physical contact. His punishment was five years probation, counseling, and the requirement to register as a sex offender. Register as a sex offender. In 2023, Jones was listed in the U.S. Department of Justice as a national sex offender database. Fuck, that's man. five years probation is not bad and that's not to say like a truckload i know that's that's uh that's a that's an easy uh that's an easy stint there for for kitty touching i don't know how i feel about any of that uh <clears throat> you ever watch it to catch a predator Chris? oh my god bro bro it's like Dude, my sh- go ahead yo let me tell you uh the the uh the replays uh that you can find on the internet of to catch a predator dude might have gotten me through quarantine, dude. I really, watched, I watched every episode, and then I found out that there is like a to catch a predator fan base where dudes do like commentary on the episodes, and it's glorious. Or have you seen them all? Because I've seen them all. I think I've seen everyone. All right. One of my favorite aspects of To Catch a Predator is there is an Indian-looking gentleman with no the, accent. The dude that walks in naked. And gets caught the next day. Yeah, at a McDonald's. The same guy. Yeah. And he's like, don't you know this was you yesterday? He's like, no. He's like, that was you. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And that's season one when there's no cops involved. Right. So that's a fucking whole thing. They said they went back later and a lot of those guys got, like, problems in their lives. But I don't know. It was weird. Did you remember the guy, the musician? with? Uh, he was really handsome. He had dark hair. He was tall. And he had giant, crazy eyebrows. And he just sat down and he was like... Yeah, man, I know it's wrong. I yeah. got to tell you. You remember that guy? Yep. And he was like, I got to tell you, the it's enticing, the thought of a 14-year-old girl. I don't know. It's not. Uh, oh, bro. You know what I wanted to bang 14-year-old girls when I was 14? Yeah. Well, when I was nine, I definitely wanted to try and touch 14-year-old I mean, girls. yeah. Remember that? Yeah. There was a girl. This is in my book. None of you bought. Um, there was a pool. It's probably because of the pricing. It's, not, it's, it's <laughs> astronomical. Piece of shit pricing. Piece of shit pricing. Featured tomorrow at Dobbs on South Street, there will be a signed piece of shit pricing version. Very excited. For one hundred dollars. Because you're a piece of shit. You too can have the Vexx autobiography <laughs> autographed just for you. I could make it out to your mama. Whatever makes you happy. Piece of shit pricing. And if Tiff is watching, she now knows what piece of shit pricing. She's is. definitely not watching. That's the point. Ladies and gentlemen, this gives us the opportunity to plug 12 feet tall and bulletproof, the VexX autobiography, available at lulu.com, which is a publishing company. You, however, can find it on my Instagram, on Starscream's Facebook page, and on my Facebook page. And if you come to Dobbs tomorrow night, January the 14th of the year of our Lord 2023, there will be one signed copy available with special piece of shit pricing just for you. Only if you're a piece of shit, though. I'm kind of a piece of shit. Did you see my fucking story yesterday? I didn't because I was in the middle of doing something where it popped up. I was like, ooh, I'll watch that in a minute. I forgot. It's all right. I'm going to tell the story. I want to hear the story. We have to go back to Child Predator. Because I, I, was, I was interested very much so in the content <laughs> of it because it, it looked quality. And now you have to tell me about it firsthand. I had a cold come on like Sunday evening after the Eagles game. 
So I didn't feel right. Monday, I just kind of laid around and rested. Tuesday, I rest. Tuesday, I rested. Wednesday, we worked a full day. It was a great day, though. Felt better. So Thursday, I get up. I'm like, okay, I'm off from work technically, right? And uh, I'm going to go to the gym. I did my four-mile run, and I came out of it, and I feel better, and I'm breathing easy, and this cold dissipated. You know what yeah. I mean? There's some mucus left, but we're surviving. And I got the show coming up. So I'm sitting in the massage chair, and I'm like, I feel really good. Life's a beautiful right. thing. James Brown. Good. 50 degrees out, pleasant <gasps> weather. I went and bought a steak. I grilled it. I had a good day yesterday. That is a good day. It was a good day. A bunch of vegetables, good stuff. So, as I'm leaving the gym, I'm like, I am going to be a little bit less of a piece of shit in the year 2023. It's a new year. I'm in my car, I'm driving, and there's a woman. So it's my car, another car with a female, and then a female in front of her. And she has to turn left out of the parking lot, which took six or seven hours. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm just going to be cool. This is new, not piece of shit Vex, right? Eventually she goes. The next woman, also turning left as am I, stops dead. Like has no idea what's happening. I just start beeping on my horn and yelling fuck a lot. Because obviously the bitch went. We can go now. Can go that through. light's red. Let's go now. And I just felt pretty guilty for it, actually. I was like, fuck, fuck. And I was like, where were you when this happened? Coming out of the gym. Where's your gym? Why? You're not going to know the area. I know, but if the air is it, it's in the city, correct? Of course it is. All right, so it's a populated <clears throat> area. Yes. So you might not get this shot again for another couple minutes. That's what I'm saying. So right. now we can go left, go left. The oncoming traffic has a red light. We're crossing way over two lanes. It's good. And the lady just went after a six or seven hour wait. So obviously it's physically able. So I, I just upset me. And then I felt guilty for being upset. But if I didn't beep, we'd have missed the whole thing for four more minutes, for I'm, real. I'm always amused at the things people yell at other drivers when they're in their car. Explain. Uh, you yell things at people you don't know that you probably wouldn't scream at your worst enemy. That's a good point, and, actually. And sometimes, sometimes they're they're just, they're so <clears throat> epic. They're, I used to have a friend, and when he would be in a situation like that, he would literally lean out the window and just scream, the pedal on the right. <laughs> the pedal on the right! The pedal on the right! Fucking go! Yes, it was awesome. All right. I got man embarrassed. Do you want to hear a story? Yes, I do. This one's bad. It's kind of what we do here. Very uh, gym guy, testosterone guy, right? Trying yeah. to be like a modern, not fat guy. Alpha male. Can't be bald and fat. It's one or the other. So I, you know what I'm saying? I got, you know? So I got to go to the gym a lot. And so receding. I might have to start. it's not though. <laughs> like, no, as somebody who's bald, I got to tell you, that's not what receding looks like. No, like no. you wake up one day and it's back here. That's yeah. receding. No, I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that my forehead's getting bigger. They say if a man lives long enough, mathematically, it yeah. just travels back. Yeah. What happened to me is the horseshoe thing. Much different. Like oh, what's yeah. happened? That's nothing. No. Like, that's human being stuff. I have glorious hair. I know, and I, I hate you because of it. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Anyway. It's the only thing I can go up on stage and say I have better than Vex. Voice. Better voice. No, I don't know about that. Better voice. No, it's true, though. It's okay. That's why we're happy to sing with us, because you're fucking great. So, Thank you. I'm coming out of Wawa. And the Wawa here that you've been to. Yes. To turn is is a... Is a an arduous task. It is, yeah. Because if someone in front of you is turning left, they're crossing two lanes of traffic, and that's a bitch. And if you're just going right, which is where my house is, you could go right now. Yeah. So you get stuck there a lot. So I went down to the second entrance, where there's never congestion. Yeah. It's the CVS. Who the fuck's in CVS? Old ladies. No one's in CVS. Correct. So I come out, 
and there's an old man in front of me and I'm in a Cadillac and he was in like a nice luxury car too. I don't know. He's old. I have no idea. So he's just sitting there, no blinkers in either direction, just sitting there. I start beeping. He moves up. I beep again. He just won't move. He jumps out of his car and I'm like, yeah, it's on. It's go time. And I jump out and he's 104 and he's like, sir, sir, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm trying to oh. turn left. And I felt like a piece of shit. Oh. I was like, I'm sorry too. Oh, that's a worse story than the first. I almost wanted to hug him. Like I felt so dehumanized and shitty. Like, what? I was like, Rah! I thought men are going to have men fights, you know? No, no. Sir. He called me sir when I'm like half his age. Oh, God. Uh, oh. He, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was He was doing. right. I'm going to use that in my life if that happens. I'm like, sir, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm trying my best. I'm funny. Which, you know, doesn't go over well sometimes. Uh, but the point of this is, candy touches. <laughs> I'm seeing a girl who has a dear friend who has cerebral palsy. Yeah, so this, this comes out on a date, right? So what do I say? I'm like, hey, you want to hear my Jerry impression from the facts of life? And she's like, no. No, no, I don't. I'm like, no, it's a really good impression. She's like, no. <laughs> I know that's bad, but that's Jerry's fault, really. And the facts of life writers. I'm like fucking six years old watching this shit. Hey, man, you take the good, you take the bad. <laughs> take them both. There so back go. to, dude, we are literally 15 minutes in and haven't gotten to fucking one thing no, I have prepared. No, we literally have, like, should we explain to these people that during the week, we contact each other. And we spit out some things that maybe we would like to discuss on said podcast when yes. the time arrives. Yes. And somehow, we literally do not get to them. Like, half of them. So making a list is ridiculous at this point, right? It, it, that, but it gives you somewhere to start. We didn't even start with one. I know, but you brought up Kitty Touchers. And uh -uh. I think you brought up Kitty Touchers. I probably did, but you brought up something else that made me think of Kitty Touchers, and that's how this happened. So Anyway... The point being, let's talk about To Catch a Predator. It's back. It is back, but it's shitty. Uh, tell me that. I didn't see it. Oh, he's like doing it himself, and it's like, it's not, the production values are poor, and like the cops aren't involved, so nobody gets like bum-rushed by the police at the end of the front yard of some house they rented. You know, it's it's not as good. Didn't and, he get, he almost got locked up. You he saw did, that. because, uh, yeah, he did. Some, they ordered a bunch of merchandise, right? What's his name? Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen. I like Chris Hansen, technically. I know who you are, Chris Hansen. Have you ever seen that skin? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There was a, so when, I have bring no milk cookies, nothing. Opie and Anthony used to really watch the show and discuss it ad nauseum on their show. Oh, yeah. And they were like, our goal is that one of our scummy listeners goes in and he's like, I was just checking it out. Open Anthony for live. Woo! And then runs out. And it never or, happened. Or just rolls in with like an O.A.T. shirt on. <laughs> Like, Rip him out Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're so, that's piece of shit right there. But do you know how that show ended? Do you know why they stopped making that show? Oh, I tell the people because I know. Of course I know. <laughs> okay. So they have their, their typical sting thing. And one of the dudes who comes in, I believe he was an assistant state district attorney. He never came in. It was all chat. Okay. He, it was all chat. Okay. But apparently there was enough salacious material. Oh, he was getting arrested. In the chat that they were going to move forward with arresting him. Oh yeah. And again, what was he? He was like a state 
district attorney yeah, literally, or something like that. Literally. High up. Uh, a high-ranking official with the state. And the police came to his house, and as they knocked on the door, he shot himself. Oh! Which, I mean, it sucks that the show ended because of that. But am I sad that a kitty toucher offed himself? No. Not the least. I say they go in the wood chipper feet first, but hey, that's just me. All right, wait. I I, I wanted to discuss. I'm playing devil's advocate. Oh, we've already talked about that. No, but I want to do something. I want a question for you. Charlie's Theron's in that movie. Young, hot Charlie's Theron. Bang. Titties out, carved up by the devil, bleeding, fucked her hair all up. Yep. Anyway. Hot. Yeah, she's from South Africa. Okay. And then she played monster. She's like, look, I gained 15 pounds. I'm scary. And they gave her a fucking award. All right. <laughs> if you were molested as a child. Right. Right? There's a good chance you're fucked up. I mean, I don't know the mathematics of it, but that's kind of, I think, how this happens. No. Um, so, yes, that's a thing. Okay. Uh, so, I'm just saying, devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. I was not touched as a child, just so we're crystal clear, personally. I was not touched as a child at any point that I didn't want to be. <laughs> so... You're, that happens to you. An adult does bad things to you. Right. Now, in your mind, oh, I got a whole other thing I can tell you about that in a second. But okay, this is fucked up. This is getting dark. <laughs> Morning Raiders getting dark. I apologize in advance. Sorry. Now, you don't act on it because you know it's morally wrong. Yes. But you want to pleasure yourself. I don't know. Like, photographs are bad because some child was hurt. And attacked and like put in yeah. an uncomfortable situation. It's a whole thing. But if that DA never actually touched anyone, and this is just fucking around on the internet and getting off, I don't know, man. I mean, killing themselves heavy. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Now I know you can't fix these people. Like, there's no way to do it. Like, they're gonna probably hurt someone. Although, do you ever see a show called The Shield? Yeah. They broached the I topic. Never, I never watched it religiously, but I You've seen it. it. Yeah. They broached the topic once. A guy, he got busted. And he went to jail. He did like his eight years. He gets out. He has to register as a sex offender. He happened to be like up the street from a cop's ex-wife and his kids. So the cops harassing him in the show. Yeah. And he was like, listen, I'm never going to be right. I'm sick. I can't help it. He's like, I swear to God, I'm not doing anything. You can check my fucking house. I'm on like parole. And then I kind of felt bad for that guy because he did pay his debt. Like he right. did try to touch a kid. He didn't even touch the kid. He tried. He gets caught. He goes, he does his eight years. He gets out and he's like, I'm never going to be right. I just can't help it. Like, I like big asses. Girls with big asses are a thing for me. I'm never not going to like that shit. Right. right? And yeah. So I don't know. I I, I don't want to say be compassionate, but wood chipper scares me. If you don't actually act on anything, right? I don't know how I feel. Right. Let me Let me rephrase. I don't think that is something that should be designated for people in that case that were talking to someone over the internet okay. and did not act on these things. Okay. But look, you, you catch a dude in the acts. That's a different thing. If somebody touched my kid, a violence would definitely be part of it. Oh, he's never making it to jail. I Do you remember that you story? That. It was in the 80s. You might not remember it. I didn't remember it. I had to look it up. That Some guy raped his son. They were transporting him. He yes, walked up to the I bus depot. This, I know the story very well, actually. On camera, he shoots him in the fucking head. Okay, so here's here's the the uh, the long and short of this story. I I know the details pretty well. I actually delved into this one down some YouTube hole at one point. <clears throat> so apparently, the guy who was uh, the molester was. This guy's son's karate instructor. I recall, yes, sir. He was taking lessons 
You're taking karate lessons from this guy like twice a week. Um, the abuse went on um, for, oh, geez, that was on camera. We no, it wasn't. That. The abuse was on. So <laughs> the abuse was on. So this occurred on multiple occasions over a long period of and time. And he was paid for his fucking abusing the kid. Right. Compensated. Yes. And to the point where they thought this dude was like a friend to the family and like really looking after their kid and they trusted him. And at one point he becomes so enthralled with this kid that he actually kidnaps him and takes him over state lines. Wow. I believe the story happened in Louisiana and they finally got him in Texas. Okay. Uh, he is then arrested and extradited <laughs> from Texas and brought back to Louisiana. And in the airport is where this all went down. And it, what they were reporting on his extradition back. To so Louisiana. there were cameras there. There were cameras there. There's video of it. And dad is waiting at, you know, an old school phone booth, you know, mm -hmm. hanging on the wall because that's not a thing anymore. And kids don't know what a phone booth is. At the airport, there's still not phones? I don't think so, man. That's crazy. Continue. I know some people who work at the airport. I'll look into it, but I don't think there like are, for real. There's a payphone too. I don't think there are banks of payphones anywhere anymore. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we're old. Ah, 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 ah. So, uh, for those of you who don't know the story, and you can find it on YouTube at any point. There's videos. Um, the the news cameras are there. They're walking him through the airport. Dad is waiting uh, at one of the payphones, pretending like he's in the background, just making a phone call. And as the dude walks past. He turns around and shoots the dude in the head point blank. On camera. Done. On camera. And dude didn't go away for a long period of time. Didn't go away at all. I think that day they locked him up. They locked him up. He was in jail from the time he committed the crime until his trial. Uh, he pleaded guilty. He admitted his crime. Obviously, there's no way you're getting out of it. You're on camera doing it. Um, pled guilty. And the judge sentenced him to time served. Have a nice day. Walked out of court of Freeman. Dun, 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 dun. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I get it. I get I that. I 100% get it. I get it. I get it. The um, only thing I don't get is that if I'm in that situation, I feel like a gun is too quick. You're going to pay for this for a minute, man. I'm going to do dirty shit to you. Yeah, I don't know about that. I just want to be gone. No. I want you to suffer. I'm going to make it last. Wow. You're the medieval guy. Yeah. Pretty much, man. Blow torture to bear pliers. I'm not a torture guy. I am. I would get so much joy out of that. I could kill the guy. I'm not a torture guy. It's not my deal. Fair I'm enough. Saying. Fair enough. And you have a child. I do. And I had a stepchild. And I never understood anxiety like that until I had a child under my care. Oh, man. And then you're like, oh, wait. I don't fucking trust people anymore. Like, this is a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because a kid can't defend himself. He's little. You know what I mean? Scary stuff. It's it. That's rough, and just the fact that, like, look, you know how to do your job. Define job. You're pretty good at it. Oh, yeah. Your career. Oh, yeah, my career, sure, sure. 90% of the time or more, when you make a decision about work, you make the correct decision. I would agree with that assessment. When you go to star screen practice, you've done this a long time. You're good at it. Are you going to, like, put this as a parallel to molestation? No. <laughs> 90% or more of the time, when you make decisions concerning the band, you know they're the right ones. Okay. When you are in charge of a child, crapshoot, you don't know. You're like, I might hit 50%. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I got <laughs> better. I improved. Like, I had like, no... I was 
clueless. You were very young. I was. I was really young. I was at least an adult. You know what I mean? Like I was barely an adult. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. You were a kid. Yeah. Like I had a mortgage and a house and a life, so it was a different I was, thing. I was 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my first I met my first wife. I was I got married at 28. And I still feel like I was a little kid then, to be honest yeah. with you. And I wasn't. I had a house and stuff. But Dude, there's days when I still feel like what now. <clears throat> yeah, you know what's weird about being like an adult? All right, here's the thing. Oh, I'm sure most people feel this actually. Not that I feel like I'm a fraud per se, right? But we're in charge now. Our parents don't govern our lives. No. Like no. it's there's always that like safety like when you're 15, I believed I fucking knew everything. Obviously I knew nothing, right? But I believed in my heart I knew everything. And the older you get, you know you don't know a fucking thing. And like I was on a roof two days ago. With a kid, he's like 24, 23, he's a child, and he would just talk, and we would look at him and just laugh. We didn't correct him. We weren't like, this is what you're doing wrong with your life. We're just like, (laughs) (laughs) that's cute. Because, you know, men in their 40s have been around the sun a few times. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But, like, eh, I have to, like, sit back and once in a while, I like my house, right? And I look around, I'm like, oh, shit, this is mine. I did this. I got money up. We purchased the fucking thing. When something breaks, I have to fix it. I can't call my dad who's passed away a long time ago. I'm like, Dad, how do I fix the water heater? I just got to fix the water heater. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you figure it out yourself and pay someone you know to do it. That's a thing, man. I don't know. It's, so, do you ever feel like a fraud ever? I don't know. I don't, I don't understand the correlation between feeling like a fraud. Like, I, I don't understand what you mean by that. I don't feel like a fraud. I feel like that's just. Bro, I run three. I I started a company and bought two others. Right? People look at me as the boss, and I don't. You don't think? All right. Oh, here's the thing. It's punk rock sentence from back in the day. Every day I'd get up in the morning and I would fight. I'd fight the man, and every week would pass and I keep fighting the man. And one day I woke up and I figured out, oh fuck, I'm the man. I'm the man, and that's what happened to me. I just hated working for people. Right? So you're a punk guy. I know you are. Oh yeah. I know you love punk, so I'm sure you've seen the film SLC Punk. Oh my god. It's See, one of my ha- favorites. Have you seen the sequel? No. It's not that good. But uh, <laughs> you know who's in it? An unfamous machine gun Kelly. Oh. He's not the star. He's not the star. And he's not bad his part. Yeah, you, know, you know you know the whole thing happens to Bob? Yeah. Air quotes, Bob knocked that girl up before he died. Okay. And then that kid pops out and he's like an adult now because it's been many years. Yeah. Like eighteen or whatever. And his character is just like heroin Bob. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. He's like a straight edge. And in this movie, he starts drinking. But go ahead. Tell me about Aussie Punk. So uh, the, the, character, the, the main character uh, has some interactions with his father throughout the film. <laughs> his father is played by the infamous Shooter McGavin. It is. The same actor. <laughs> it is. Which I don't know his name, but he's not a kidney toucher. No, he's a great actor. Yeah, actually. he's awesome. So they're having a conversation that his dad is like, at this point, uh, corporate lawyer and his son is the you know just punk rocker with a giant purple mohawk and just it was blue. <laughs> fair. And they're having a conversation, and you know he basically tells his dad, "Look, I'm 18. Go fuck yourself. You know you're part of the system that I fucking hate." And he gives him the finger and walks out. And as he's leaving the room. His dad says, remember, son, I didn't sell out. I bought in. I know. I think about that. <laughs> and I always love that line. I'm like, fuck. All the time. I, I did. It. All the time. And if that's what you mean by feeling like a fraud, then yes. Because, like, a little bit. I, I don't, I, I would hope that 18 year old Vex would understand that almost 48 year old Vex, right? 
30 years later, isn't a bad dude. But I don't think he'd appreciate the fact that I'm the boss and I have like people and it's a thing. No, I don't probably know. not. I don't know, man. No, it wasn't a thing. But I always had a job. Like, like there's like musicians I knew who would knock around like, I'm going to be rock. So I never didn't have a job ever my whole life. Right. Like from 12 years old, 11 years old. Fucking choice. Well, eventually it's sink or swim. Of course there's no choice. But when you're 12, there's a choice. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I always, I remember like saying to my parents, I would like to buy this GI Joe thing. And they're like, we'll get a job. Yep. And I was like, all right then. And so it's funny. You know who P. Diddy is? Puff Daddy. I do. I've heard of him once or twice. So I heard about this many years after the fact, but Puff Daddy's first way to make money as a child was the paper route thing. And he got to the point where he took over like 10 paper routes yeah. and then had people work them for him. And he just got a percentage of it indefinitely, nice. which is way beyond my comprehension at the age of 10, yeah. 11. I think it was 11. But I took, I wound up getting three big routes that they were mine and I just hustled every day. But I was making for real over a hundred hours a week as a child. Yeah. Which is a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of money when you're a kid. In the 80s, right? So, like, I just fucking bought all kinds of dumb shit. G.I. Joe and fucking... Yeah. And then it transformed over into fucking music and cassette tapes. And, yeah. bro, I had a Sony Walkman and I broke the headphones every day. Every... Well, once a week, I'd break the headphones somehow. And buy a new pair. Every day. They were the biggest pieces of shit ever. Were they or were we just like shitty kids? Probably I don't know the answer. I had that fucking yellow waterproof one. Oh, did you? You oh, were high end. I, I, I'm telling you, I was all about it. I was you were, all you about were, it. You were living the rock star life. Why did it have to be yellow? It was a sport. I understand. The 80s were a very different color coordinated time. They really were. They like, really were. It was, look at Poison as an example. And they're not like the biggest band of the 80s by a long shot, but that visual look. Look to in, your left. In my, in my, uh, in my, uh, you know, my sort of list of like guilty pleasure bands, Poison is one hundred percent on that list. Uh, I really like Poison, and I hate to say it on television or radio or whatever. Or video. Uh, yeah, because it's kind of embarrassing because Poison's a little, you know, dated and silly. But I like Poison. What songs? Uh, like I can go deep into the catalog with you. Talk Dirty to Me is an awesome tune. Cry Tough's on that record. Cry Tough is on that record. That's uh, the first record. That's Look What the Cat Dragged. Yeah, that's a good song, too. And then... Basically, this, everything on that album except Every Rose Has Its Thorn. That's not on that record. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. I'm, I was there. Okay. I'm older. Open Up and Say Ah is the name of the second record. Yes, it is. 88. Right. And no. the hit on that is Every Rose Has Its Thorn. So, oh my God, oh my God, look at the cat dragon is the first record. So I didn't discover Poison until Every Rose Has a Thorn is everywhere, right? Yeah. And when you went, I went to Kmart. Kmart to buy Would you them. agree that C.C. DeVille is immensely underrated because he was in Poison? Yeah. It's funny you say that. Do you know who Isaac Perlman was? Yeah. He was taught by Isaac Perlman in yeah. NYC. C.C. DeVille's a really good guitar. He's a really good musician. Yeah. And the only reason he got the gig in Poison is the guy in Poison, I'm sure you know this, he's from Pennsylvania, the band's from Pennsylvania, knocked up his girlfriend. And they had no money. So he was like, yeah. I got to move back home to Mechanicsburg, and that's where they're yeah. from. And he moved back home and got a job. Yeah. I've never been there, but how big of a podunk town does Mechanicsburg have to be? It's pretty podunk. It has to also, be. Also, he's a huge Steelers fan. If you live in, yeah, fuck you, Yinzers. You can all eat shit. Suck my ass, Yinzers. Fuck Pittsburgh. Not that he's bitter or anything. I just, I don't like that side of the state. It's far too close to Cleveland. <laughs> Have you been to Cleveland? Yeah, Cleveland's not. It's pleasant. It's not. I mean, there's a lot of crime in Cleveland, which mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't understand while I was there, you know. But, um, 
we had a, we had a, a transient drummer with us on that little joint, and we were driving to get food. Define transient. He's in the band for a month. Okay. He wasn't he wasn't us. He was just a guy. Right. Our drummer. We we had gotten a, uh, an offer from Sony to go record with the prospect that they liked what they heard. They might give us a deal. Rah rah rah. So we're pretty excited. And the drummer friendly goes, "Oh, uh, I didn't think this would go anywhere. I quit." <laughs> I was like, "What? We're really tight." He's like, "Yeah, yeah." Why are you quitting now? Because I don't I don't want to do this. And we're like, "What?" And I remember we were like, we're going to take the bus out. He's like, yeah, I'm going to rent my own vehicle and I'll follow the bus. And I was like, are, are you on crack? Like, what's wrong with you? This is this is it. This is it. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to do this. So he quits. And then the bass player quit. Like, they quit together. Like, they didn't really want, I mean, we didn't go the distance, but we wanted to go the distance. And then the opportunity arose and they were like, yeah, no. So we replaced the bass player with somebody we knew at the time. So it was a pretty easy transition. He was a good bass player. Not a, the best person, but a good bass player. And he was with us for a long time. So that happens. And then we have to get a drummer, right? So I remember the bass player quit first. And then we we changed up. And then the drummer's like, oh, this got real. It got too real. I want to leave. I want to leave. And then he gets drunk now. And he'll text me that he wrote songs for me. But that's fine. I'm not bitter. <laughs> a little bitter. How often does that happen? Hasn't happened in a while. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm uh, bitter. So, you think you watch the podcast? No. Because he sends it now. But it's in the next book. Don't worry. We're going to address that. So, at any Let rate... Let me ask you a question. Just shits and giggles. Uh, if, it, if, you, if it had all worked out, if you had made it... Yeah. What would you be doing right now? This. <laughs> like... A pandemic happened. So, if we were on an upswing as a new band, you get shut down for two years, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Not much... All right. You want to hear the truth of it? I'm going to tell the fucking truth. This, this should be a clip, probably, right? somebody we were very very close to which is also featured in the book in philadelphia got the three million dollar record deal they got it now we didn't get it they got it okay good for them they promptly dropped us and everybody else and they were like we did this ourselves they did nothing i think we toured further than they toured with a three million dollar budget now they opened up for velvet revolver pretty cool that is cool. They opened up for Sammy Hagar's version of Van Halen. Pretty cool. Also cool. Also cool, right? All our heroes. Better than Dave Lee Roth. Sold no records. Spent a lot of money. Sammy Hagar gave him a tour bus at one point so they could feel what it was really like. But nothing. I mean, nothing. And they were talented. They, they were good. They they had better songs that was pushed as the single, which is a fact. That was sad. That the thing that still they still play on MR once in a while. It's not a hit. It's just not a hit. They had songs that were hits that I had heard with my own ears. Do you find that to be a thing often? Well, we're going to get to that in a second. I want to finish this fucking plot. Now, it is over 20 years later, okay? I live in over a half a million dollar house, okay? One of them lives with his parents. The other one married somebody, and she has a career, and he does odd jobs, and they still do shows, right? in like a fucking little tiny car and they plug into the PA and they're just happy to be there. And they're like singing for nickels. Nothing came of it. You got $3 million. You did nothing. My budget was donut. I've been all around the fucking world. I have four major label releases. I'm on my fifth that we're making right now. All things considered, I am a much more comfortable, happy, I, oh, this is a bit awful to say. Every month, I acquire a new piece of expensive gear. 
that I love. So at the end of the year, I have more shit than I had the year before. They are currently selling their high-end gear to produce and make their next records. Which will go nowhere. Which is fine, because our records go nowhere. But every year, I get, a little, I get a little stronger, and I get a little better, and we make a little more. And every year, they're losing ground. If I had purchased a 68 fucking Flying V that I loved, I'm never selling it. Ever. And they're selling it just to make the next record. Yeah. That's sad. So the $3 million ain't where it's at. We had no millions of dollars, but we had a lot of fucking fun, bro. Coast to coast 15 fucking times in the bus. In Europe, we've done this shit. We did it. We had a lot of fun. I fucked a lot of girls that were way, way over. I shouldn't have fucked these women, but I had sex with them. It was nice. It was Sometimes it was quick, but it happened, you know. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> so no, if, if, if that Sony thing went through... I still have it in my house. I still would have podcasting with you. I would still, I don't know. You don't become rich anymore. It isn't a thing. Yeah. My company's making me wealthy. My life is making me wealthy, happy, and healthy. What about you? If you'd have made it, what would you be doing? Oh, I'd be dead. Really? 100% I'd be dead. No shit. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Explain. I would have wasted every dime of that money on drugs and alcohol, and I'd have been dead. I'd have gone full rock star. That's scary to think about. Without a doubt. I have no doubts about that. In the time of my life where I, I would have had the opportunity to do that, I think without a doubt, I probably would have gone so overboard that it just didn't work out. I have to believe that I would have at least I would have at least fucked it all up and probably been dead. Talent's a big thing though, and you have a lot of talent. People know people people will grant you quarter for your talent. At the end of the day, your talent can sustain you and carry you through when your personality might not. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like I got more personality than I do talent. But. Well, you're inaccurate in your assessment. It's cute that you think that, but that's yeah. wrong. You're very talented. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I knew I didn't have the talent you have, right? So I remember reading and listening to Henry Rollins, and he was like, I'm not a good singer in any capacity, but I'll outwork you. And I, I was yeah. like, yeah, that's my thing. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to stay late. I'm there before you. And I did it. My whole life's been tenacity. I don't have the talent. You you have natural ability. I had to take singing lessons. I had to learn things. I couldn't sing. I was like, ah, it wasn't coming out. It was in my head, but I couldn't get it out. You opened your mouth and you were like an angel. I never was, ever, still not. But I worked, and working's where it's at, man. It is. But then we're both here. Neither one of us are rock stars, so I, I don't know. Man, I'm not going to tell you that I didn't put effort into what I do. Believe me, I've put... You know, I put time into what I do. Of course. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, oh, it just happened naturally. I mean, it kind of did, but, but dude, to put together bands and, and do that shit, that takes, that, that takes effort. Man. Survival is yeah. the noblest. We have survived. We are still here doing this. Yeah, man. That's why I'm 13 drummers later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe this will stick around for a while. I mean, I have I had long stretches. We had a seven year drummer, we had like an eight year drummer, but just mathematically. How long all... was the last drummer in the Not long, right? Fourteen months. Okay. The one before that was seven years. He was a nice kid. It didn't work out, but he was nice. He could play. Hey. He got better. And then the one I thought the the one for fourteen months would improve. And if I'm being honest, and I'm gonna be honest, that's what I do. He uh he just plateaued and then was backsliding, actually. That's because it was like hard. You know what I mean? Like effort. Everybody's ready at the beginning. Yeah. At the beginning of the race. Let's go, boss. No. Middle of the race. Ooh. And by the end of the race, they're on fumes. I start slow. Do, 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 do. Still going to be here in the end. I'm still going to be here. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Still gonna be doing this shit. It's weird. In in the course of our career, there was a a, a weird. I don't want to say offer. There was a tension from a label back in the early 90s, like 95-ish, into 96. And had that transpired, we wouldn't have been successful because we would have imploded. Yeah. Although, we would have been on the fucking Limp Biscuit corn train because that was I couldn't sing and Sam could really play. And we sounded kind of like that. Like when 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 uh, Fred Durst arrived, I was like, ooh, I, I could do that. I can do that. <laughs> What you gonna do now? Oh man, say what you will. He kept his money. That motherfucker's successful. I don't doubt that. And I don't know. What was your your hate with it? Because I had seen them open up for Faith No More, and uh, it was glorious. They got booed off the stage. Johnny Mac was there, and he's like, "Fuck you, suck." And I'm like, "Dude, (laughs) that guy is gonna be a huge rock star." And no one believed me. And then a year later, he was a huge fucking rock star. I could see it. It was very apparent. He had the it factor. He has the thing. He definitely 100%. So what's your beef? What's your beef with I, I have no beef with, with Limp Bizkit. I just don't dig their music. It doesn't do anything for me. Not one song? Nah. Not even break stuff? Nah, Nookie doesn't give you a little bit like, Ooh. No, not at all. Nookie's dope, dude. No. I don't dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I hate Limp Bizkit. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I think they suck. I'm going to tell you that their music doesn't really do it for you. That's all. Wes Borland was a special guitar player. No, he's re- he, he's in the CC Deville category. I think he gets crap because he was underrated. Biscuit. Yeah, that's true. The good rhythm section though, too. John Otto, dude, that's not a bad band. It's really not. No, I mean, but he couldn't sing. And as a vocalist, I could see where you'd have issue with that. But for what he could do, they got pretty far. He did a lot with a little. I'll give him that. And like, um, he he had a um a, a two minute sober Scott Weiland come in. And do a chorus on one of the songs of Significant Other. Really? It's, it's so good. Because it's not him singing. It's fucking yeah. great. It's Wyland. So the chorus is like amazing. You're like, whoa. And he's like, not Fred. No. Because <laughs> he can't. He couldn't. Nor did he want to. I mean, I got to respect it. Now, that's what killed him. If you grow as an artist, you know who's a good example of this? Papa Roach grew. I'm not even a fan, per se. No, say what you will. Let's be honest. They still exist. I know they exist. And they're successful. And I hate them. I want to hear all of this. I despise that. Cut band. my life into pieces. So bad. So stupid. So annoying. But I, they grew. They didn't. I hate their newer music worse than that. Really? Really, I hate their... But now, if you want to talk a band who I didn't really dig at first and felt like really grew into their own, I think Linkin Park did. I hate Linkin Park. Really? With every fiber of my being. Wow. And he quit and he killed himself every fiber of my being. I wanted to kill myself a few times. I didn't. Oh, I thought about it. And if I had as much money as he did and a wife who looked like that and some kids I had to care for, I think I'm staying. And I know it's insensitive because mental illness is mental illness. And my wife took her own life, my first one. So I understand that shit. I'm just saying I hate Linkin Park. Like, hate. Really? Or hate. Sonically, when it came out, it broke in like 01. In my I girl. hated them when they came out. I and was I, on the same boat. And I remember I had a girlfriend. She's like, I really like that band, Linkin Park. And I was like, let me hear it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's just shit. And then it just, it stayed shit. Like that whole, like, overly keyboard thing. I got a rap guy in the back. I, I, like, uh, And I remember at one point, we had gotten a DJ. It was not my idea. But you're in a band. 
and bans happen. And he was a cool motherfucker. He's still a cool motherfucker, actually. Bans have to be a democracy, and sometimes you lose. And sometimes you lose. I'd have been like the Van Halen rock and roll shit, but it was awesome to have Sonically live and stuff, and it was cool. And then they depended too much on the DJ thing. I don't know. Fuck Linkin Park. And then he checks out. Again, go get assistance. You have all the money in the world. You got to be an STP. I love that fucking band. Love STP. I actually really like that album. It's a good album. It's really good. It's not great, but it's good. Better than four. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're crazy. No, it's not. Shit. I hate all in the suit that you wear. Oh my god, it's so good. And I'm with you because when it came out, I was very mad myself. But. It's grown on me. The songs are there. STP is still STP. It is not a good album. It is such it is such <sighs> a far cry from what Core and Purple were. It, 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 it's, it's shit, man. It's shit. No, it's not. There's it's not a album. shit record. It's a bad album. The, the orange it. one is... I never remember that one. What's the one after four? What's it called? I, I don't know because I stopped listening. Really? It was yeah, like that for you? I hated that album. I'm like, this is contrived bullshit. Really? I hate it. All right. Oh, and by the way, whatever you're looking up right now, uh, I got to tell you while you're looking things up. Okay. You got me in a little bit of trouble last Saturday night. Explain everything. Oh, because because you're the wife. No, no, no. I had nothing to do with the wife. At then all. I have nothing. I have nothing. What did I do? Previously, the day before when we did our podcast. Okay. The conversation came up about why we hate Rush. Yeah, well, fuck Rush, dude. Right, fuck Rush. I hate Rush. Yeah. I hate Rush. Yeah. Well, this conversation came up again at that show. Fuck those people, too. And I was sitting outside with Johnny Mac, and we were talking about why we hate Rush. Yeah. And there was a couple standing there. They were wrong. They were a married couple. They don't have good sex. So what did I say? That you said on the podcast that no one comes. You can't fuck the rush. Can't fuck the rush. Nobody's getting off. Nobody's getting off. Well, apparently they're a couple and they both love rush. Yeah, but it doesn't mean they're getting off. And they both looked at me cockeyed when I said, you can't fuck the rush. And they were kind of salty about it. But they didn't say you were wrong, did they? No, no, no. They were, no, no, no. Wait, this is important, motherfucker. God damn it. You're gonna, if you're going to bring up vexisms, defend the vexisms. Here's the thing. Oh, I still wholeheartedly believe it. I meant I when you're under fire from the strangers. So here's the thing. They are a couple. Yeah. They fuck. When they fuck, they don't listen to Rush. And that's they, the point. They claim that they, they do. Then they don't come. The chick I, doesn't get off. The, dude, a guy, I could fuck a pickle. If you grease it right and put a big enough hole in it, I'll get off. Right? Yeah. If you're fruit, I'll make it work. I don't want to. Insert thrust repeat. Boom! A woman, herein lies a thing. And if you listen, it's in Clerks, right? That's yeah. the whole thing by Kevin Smith. Yeah. There's an art to it. It's a talent. And Rush... That's even a Rush. That was, in, that was in time. Yeah. Fuck Rush. Fuck Rush. Fuck Rush. I'm not a fan. And, like, I understand prog musicianship. Okay. It's like masturbating on your instrument. I like to jerk off when I was 12. I would much rather fuck a woman. Yeah, I just right. would. There's a lot more that goes into it. There's dinner. You got to talk to them. Got to listen to their fucking problems. The problems part sucks. I'm not going to lie. I don't need your negativity in my life, but I take it. I'm with the <laughs> <laughs> I'm <gonna> shut up. <laughs> wow. All right, that got weird. Quick. It gets, it happens. 
They lay in your bedpost coitus, and the shit that comes out of their mouth, you're like, oh, God. Go ahead. So, my thing is, and again, I don't want to take anything away from the talent in the band. I will sit here and tell you that Geddy Lee is a good bass player. They're all good. Not going to deny any of them. Neil Peart's good drummer. Cool. You know what? I can listen to a rush for about 30 seconds before I'm like, you got some ACDC in there? All right. Because I like that. Better. If that bass player was in Black Sabbath, he'd be great because he's great. If that guitar player was in Boston, they'd sound great. Also, I love Boston. Because he's great. Boston's good as shit. Even Neil Peart, who overplayed everything all the fucking time, if was in a version of The Police... With those songs, yeah. it would still sound great. Unfortunately, <laughs> I fucked up. Yeah, unfortunately, when those three guys get together, the combination they make is fucking atrocious sonically. <laughs> like, again, I'm going to say this again. If you put them in different bands, they all can play. Getty Lee's voice is so bad. Yes. It. It just makes me cry blood out of my eyes. It's a real thing. For real. And then, but if he's playing bass in Black Sabbath, whom I adore, it would have sounded awesome because he's a great bass what player. Yeah, because Geezer wasn't always there. Geezer would leave. I'll shit. He is the shit. But Getty Lee could have came in and played some Geezer parts. He just could have. He just could have. But would he have? I don't know. Or would he have played Getty bass? <clears throat> just remember. Sabbath songs and they're sections of Rush songs that sound like Black Sabbath. Yeah. They come, no, no. They would come on the radio back in the 90s and driving. And I'm like, ooh, Sabbath. And then he goes, hey, hey, hey. and I'm like, oh, I don't like that version at all. Today's time to uh, Nails on the chalkboard. Fuck Rush. I hate getting these voice. I hate it. You know what I like? His signature bass. It's beautiful. It is. It's a sick instrument, so I don't I don't think there's anything wrong and like you said with them individually. They're all great. But when they get together, it's like the molecules that make the HIV virus. They're probably fine molecules on their own. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> they make an infectious disease. Yeah, it's a hot mess. That kills people. And Duncan AIDS. Well, it, you know what? In twenty twenty three, is it even a thing? Is it even a thing? You can just get the AIDS and you take the medication. Chris Rock called this shit twenty years ago. He was like you're going to not die from AIDS. It'll be in the treatment. Like you take your yeah. fucking pills every day. Dude, who's that? Charlie Sheen, he's fine. He's fine. Magic Johnson's over 30 fucking two years into this shit. Yeah. Like clearly it's not a death sentence anymore. It is not. And then we're not allowed to call it monkeypox. It's mpox. Says who? Not they changed it. When? When? About two months ago. For what reason? It, offenses, it was offensive to monkeys. I say, I didn't make this shit up. This is real. You can Google it. This world is fucked. M-Pox. This world is fucked. No, the fact that M-Pox existed. All right. I am not putting homosexuals down in any capacity. Okay, I'm going to start with that. But this is a weird fucking dichotomy, isn't it? Let's take meth and then have sex for 14 hours. Yeah. That's excessive. Now, this is not my parallel. I stole this from another podcast. If I did this with my finger on the top of my hand for 14 hours, when I come back, the whole thing will be pus ridden. There'll be a hole in my fucking hand. Yeah. So imagine fucking for 14 hours. Ah, 
Yeah. It's just not natural. Now, you know, go chase the fucking edge and the dream and all that shit, but then you're going to break your dick and you're covered in fucking M pox. M pox. Hey, it's a thing. Where did the monkeys come in? <laughs> I don't know. Man. I don't know how, how did monkeys you Well, do you know how HIV became a real disease? Do you ever find this shit out? Go ahead. Let, let's hear your version of this. No, is this is real. Okay. Somebody fucked a monkey. The monkey had some kind of a fucking virus that didn't kill the monkey, that was in the monkey, that yeah. went in the dude's dick. Now, that mixed up in his body, and then he fucked a bunch of people, and he spread it. The old, and, then, and then it goes crazy, and this is in a different continent. Sorry, where monkeys are, not here. And then it happens, right? There's a French airline steward. Can't say stewardess because it's a dude who fucked everything that moved in the 70s and the 80s, right? And he picked it up and flew to America and fucked a bunch of dudes in America and then flew back home and it spread like wildfire. Because when you put it, you know, sexual in the anus thing and you fuck for long periods of time, blood happens. Blood is the biggest way to redo it. it cum wasn't it. It's really not from that. It's from the blood. And then it just goes on and on and on. And it became like the thing. Now... I don't know, man. I'm be honest with you. Whatever makes you happy, be happy. But take care of yourself too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like that's that's not the greatest thing in the world. There, like, who wants to do that? Who wants to have your dick that beat up the next day? Like that shit hurts. I think you're dead inside a little bit. I think you're sad. I don't think you're happy about who you are as a person. You might have got raised in a family where if you happen to be gay, they put you down and they fucked with you. Yeah, and that's that's probably a thing. I and again, looking back on it, like dude, think about how hard it had to be to be gay back in the day. Well define day, because it's by the seventies it wasn't bad anymore. Bowie compared was in to, pop culture compared to what it is now, it was bad. The seventies was a transition. Dude. Maybe it was the start of a transition, but let's be honest, dude. Like, there was still, even when we were kids, like, there was still, like, a solid amount of gay bashing going well, down. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. See, you're bad with your timeline, and this is important. In the 70s, we America relaxed a great deal. Okay. Um, and so, if you were gay, you could just be gay. And that no one gave a shit, really. It just wasn't a thing. When AIDS happened, and now there's a gay school teacher who might be near your kid. And they right. didn't know how it transmitted. The AIDS phobia or fear made new gay phobia come out of the woodwork. Because as a little kid, I don't remember thinking gay was that bad. Remember when Jack Tripper on Three's Company would act like he was gay in, in the show? Yeah. That actually introduced it to me as not a negative thing. As a little kid, I was like, oh, that guy happens to be gay. And that's, and you know what I mean? His character wasn't, but that was the shtick. Okay. And so it wasn't, it wasn't vi vi like, villainized. Right. The HIV scare re-villainize it in America. So so I may be looking at this, and again, in, in reality, what you grow up with when you're a, when you're a small child, like, you, you just take it as normal until you get older and realize that sometimes it's not. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, this happens. Um, growing up in the household I grew up in, like, gay was always not cool. Like, it was always, like, bad, bad. Interesting. Yeah. Even like, both parents? No, no. My mom was cute. And that's the thing. My mom was pretty cool about it, too. I remember, like, I was a little kid, and I, she... <laughs> ah! Here we go. Deep psychological things. I will tell you this. My mother's a bit of a train wreck. She really is. But you know what? 
dude, she's a she's a saint. Like she's the nicest human being alive. My dad was pretty anti-gay. Right, if you brought up right, that's a yeah. guy thing. My mom could not have cared less. And I remember, I, I, I had like picked up her makeup, and I think I had put lipstick on or something when I was like six or seven. That's awesome. And she was like, "No, go ahead, you can see what it's like." And she didn't get freaked out or anything. No, yeah, why would and I, you? But I don't know because I think my dad might have had he been in that situation. I don't know that, but I feel like. And she was like, "No, this is what little kids do. You're learning." And then I went somewhere to a family function, and there was a disposable razor in the in the garbage, and I didn't know what I was doing, so I picked it up and did this. And there were scratches on my face. She's like, "Oh, did you find that razor? Did you did you see what that was like?" And I was like, "Yeah." And so she was cool. My mom was cool, right? Yeah. Learn. And I remember. <laughs> anyway, she would just let you fuck yourself up to learn. Like I, I got sun poisoning at the age of like nine because she let me in the sun for fucking ten hours. Well, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Because then the fucking pop, pop, things were popping off my shoulders and I had no skin for a while, which might turn into fucking skin cancer later in life, by the way. But I, I was like, never do that again. You know what I mean? I like, I don't know if you realize who you're talking to right now. I don't do very well in the sun. I didn't know that, actually. Dude, dude it's bad. I live it's in the sun. bad. I get torched, like, quickly. Like, in the summertime, bright sunny day, dude, I get maybe 20 minutes before I'm cooked. Really? Oh, yeah. Really, I get burnt and I get burnt bad, and it happens fast. That probably saves your life, though. I hate the sun, dude. I hate the sun. Oh, I love it. I do. No, I hate it. I have this new. Th <laughs> anyway, we're spinning off at so many fucking angles. This so is I, how this show goes. You should just start accepting. It. I have developed a new fold of skin around this part of my right eye, and I, for the first time in my life, I was like, "Oh man, I'm aging." Like, of course I'm aging, but to see a physical thing when I make a face and the skin like lays over and I got to kind of wait for it to come back. I'm like, oh, it's starting. Ah. My eyes are going to collapse around me soon. Like I'm going to be an old fucking dude. Yeah. And, uh, and, then, and not that I would, I'm not a surgery person. I won't do elective surgery. Oh no, I no, just can't I'm, do I'm, it. I'm going out the way I came in. Yeah. yeah well, whatever. That's how it's going. You know, I'm just not that person. I just, I don't care. Like, um, it's not me. I, they they put you under. You could die from every surgery. So I'm not fucking. I don't risking. care enough to do anything about it. Is what I'm oh, saying. I'm pretty fucking shallow and vain. Let me tell you. Are you? Oh, oh, oh look really? around. It, that's nothing. Woo! Yo, <laughs> we just have cool shit. Like, who doesn't want cool shit? That's not being shallow. Ladies don't seem to want cool shit. I've noticed. Ladies want more cool shit than we do. They want flowers and such. Yeah, them. which is cool shit to them. A harmonious life in my house. Look, man. You know what I don't want in my house? Just just because we figured it out at a very early age, the things we like, all right? Yeah. We're men. That's that's what men do. We figured it out at, like, 12 years old. And most of the time, if it goes fast or makes loud noises or it catches on fire, it's pretty fucking awesome, <laughs> all right? And if you can put the combination of the two together, pretty fucking sweet. You know what I mean? Bro. Yo, Pyrotechnics had an ACDC show. Fire and loud as fuck. That's two out of three. Meatloaf said that ain't bad. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you're saying. That shit's cool. At some point, we figured out girls, and there we go. That was the end. We haven't matured past that point. That's where we're at. That's what we like. All right. I like that. Yeah. It's awesome. No quarter, granted. No. Nah. Like what you like. Now, topic we didn't cover, which is making me very sad. And by the way, this is like a lead up for next week. <laughs> we'll get into this next week. Feetfinder.com. 
Feet finder, yes, explain this to me. You can literally upload photographs of your feet and other people around the world and country will purchase those photos. So it's like an OnlyFans for feet. It's exactly what it is. And now I'm like, hmm, hmm, hmm. You want to know something? I did a, a publicity thing for the book and all the new followers I got on Instagram are gay guys. <laughs> so I feel like if I start selling the feet, it might work out. Do they like you to do that? I don't know about that. Oh. They seem to like me. <laughs> hey, man. That's okay. You know, I, I'm okay with it. Just buy the book, you know. Yeah. But no, no, it was, it was for the book. It was a thing for the book. I put a couple videos out, and I got all these new followers, and there's a bunch of gay men. They're like, it's hot. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Because uh, right. if a gay guy thinks you're hot, you're all right. You're doing something right. Because those man. motherfuckers are picky as fuck. Yo, and dude, they understand fashion far more than me. We got to nothing we wanted to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode number 167 of the Vex on Vex podcast. The Vex on Vex podcast is available on the Podbean application on your phone under the Ladder Loaded Network. That's a book. 12 feet tall and bulletproof. Currently available at lulu.com. Available on the Instagram of Starscream, on the Facebook of Starscream, and on Vex's Facebook. Anything else, Dave? Show up tomorrow night at Dobbs for Pistol Razor and Starscream and Gutter Royal and Abydos. This is Vex X and Dave telling you to stay frosty.